Welcome to Founders Field Notes, the podcast where you can learn from founders how to become a founder. I'm founder and CEO of Klugonics Group, Jason Klug. This week, we have one of my favorite clients and kindest people I've ever worked with, Jerem Watts. I can't tell you how many times he's sent me handwritten thank yous and notes, and he's just such a friendly, great person to work with. And it was really nice to interview him and dig in a little deeper about him and how he got involved with easy-to-use products and very pleased with the the conversation we ended up having. It was very nice to connect with him at a deeper level. So, Jerem is the director of sales and he's the honorary founder of Easy to Use Products. The way this went down for them is Kevin Taylor, who I met originally with Jerem, is an older gentleman that has a background and history of inventing all kinds of different products and ideas. And his ideas were in all different kinds of categories and some of them in in consistent categories, uh, which you'll hear about us talk about. Jerem was really brought in early on as like this, this young blood, great sales personality to help drive and grow easy to use products into something bigger, you know, what the next level of what it it is today. So some of these ideas that Kevin Taylor and his son, Michael created before Jerem are items like this brush and pen grip and the winter door mitt. So there, there are all kinds of interesting products, but you know, he saw a problem and created a need. And a lot of these things he created from scratch on his own, just by working with factories and suppliers and kind of making prototypes in his own shop, uh, which I just kind of love those kinds of stories where, you know, an inventor rolls up their sleeves and just kind of figures out how to make the first iterations of it, find resources and connect with various resources all over the place to figure out how to actually create and produce this thing. So when Jerem got to easy to use in 2018, it was actually soon after I met them, he kind of came in, you know, Kevin just wanted someone more on the sales side of things. And Jerem has such like a positive, bright personality. It just seemed like a great fit. And I met them at SEMA which is a automotive trade show, which is fun for me because I like cars so much. You know, we just kind of saw them off in the corner presenting their products. And they had a couple of items like the pen holder, you know, you'd attach to your sun visor where you keep your pens and stuff. That was a good idea. And then they had a windshield wiper thing for scraping windshields and whatnot. So they, that's what they had at the time. And when we connected with them, we met up finding out you know, soon after that they were actually in Utah. So we met in person and they brought an idea called the pill popper. So this is the first product we got to work on with them. And it's a pill reminder system. And the first one they brought to us was just so much different. So it was really fun to work with an inventor and then a salesperson with their with his background and then Kevin's background and to kind of figure out the best product to make from something that Jerem knew he could sell and that Kevin thought was solving the problem that he originally envisioned. Um, So you'll hear more about this product in the discussion. And the other fun thing is all the fun ideas that have spun out of this where Jerem has been able to get creative and figuring out other ways to apply this push button like system that's used in the pill popper. So you'll see all those items in the episode, a lot of creative ideas there. Follow along with the product development process we worked in. And then also all the creative ideas that this inventor and Jerem have brought to market. Out of all the companies that I work with, I've seen easy to use at the biggest variety of trade shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we yeah. met at SEMA. Yep. Auto show. Auto show, right? And then I've seen you at 
the toy shows, mm-hmm. right? Astra. Yeah, that's right. Are you going right. to do Toy Fair this year? No, uh, no, we're not quite ready to jump into that space. Okay. We dipped our toe in by doing Astra that's and seeing. We got yeah, with. we got some orders, but yeah. we realized we have to kind of double down on on medical for now, and okay. so we do mostly medical shows. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your products a little bit. Because I'm a daily user still. Awesome. On yeah. the pill popper? Yeah, because, you know, I have ADHD, so I use it for my ADHD <laughs> medication, right? And yeah. it's like, that's one of the things with ADHD is forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. And and I can't tell you how many times I've gone, you know, I, I don't remember if I took it yep. 10 minutes ago. Yep. And, you know, it's easy to, now I just push the button. Yeah, and, it's and then you such get a, a great product. The, the satisfying reset at the end of the week. Absolutely, you get to pop them back out. <laughs> no, and I find that for myself that yeah. it's it's the reward, I guess, that you get for the habit of saying, yeah. if I do this, you know, I take my med, I get to pop the button. Yeah, let's see and if we can get the audio of the a little snapping in it's the very click. subtle. It's silicone, silicone buttons, and they there we go. It's very satisfied. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Yeah. That's the number one word that people use as they pop those buttons. I never tell them, like, do you think that's satisfying? It's just yeah. like, they come hey, what do you think? It. And then they, that's what they say. This yeah. is a very satisfying pop. Yeah. Um, so when we... Um, I'd love to talk about that story because you, Klugonics, was a huge part of yeah. us what, even we, going down that path. So we met at SEMA. And at SEMA, it was you and Kevin... We actually met even before SEMA. I don't know if you remember. There was a local show here in Utah called Product Power Up. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we met there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so when you guys came walking through Uh SEMA, I was like, hey. I think I just snuck into that show, the Product Power Up. Yeah, that was was a while ago. They only ended up doing a couple of those. I thought it was a great local event, though. Uh So we had first met there at Product Power Up. Okay. And then you guys saw us at SEMA. That's right. We got talking some more. And then it was like, yeah, we should come in and. Yeah. Talk about this product that we have and yeah. see what we can do. And initially, our idea was we were going to um, try and, like, if you've seen a, a soda lid, like if you go to McDonald's mm-hmm. or something and they mm-hmm. have the buttons, like, mm-hmm. is this root beer diet, whatever. Yeah. That was our, our founder's vision was we were yeah. going to have this kind of plastic. So, like, HDPE or... Yeah, yeah. we we're, so we're like trying that. to figure out what kind of plastic mm-hmm. we do. Basically, you just pop the button. Mm-hmm. But obviously, there'd be some wear and tear to that. Mm-hmm. How long would it really last? You mm-hmm. know, little... Thin or, plastic sandwich between... Or would it be the disposable play? Yeah, it would kind of be know? more of the disposable play yeah. that maybe it only last a few uses and be done. Mm-hmm. And we were really struggling to figure out how to kind of make that work. Yeah. And I remember we were sitting in a meeting with you and you're like, you know, what about silicone? Yeah. We, we do a lot of work with silicone with other companies and, mm-hmm. and we didn't have experience with silicone. We really didn't know much about it or mm-hmm. how that would work. And, and it really transformed the whole rest of the journey. I mean... There yeah. were still some challenges we oh, had to yeah, work yeah. through, and especially in figuring out the button design. But yeah, which is now you know. But the thing that's great about it is we've we've figured out the way the diaphragm works, the button itself, and the yep. travel and all that stuff. To all where now it. it's very repeatable. Yeah, and we repeated it over several different designs later, which yeah, was the, really awesome. And it was interesting because at the time these silicone push buttons were popular in the toy space just by themselves. 
Yeah, know, they're really kind of exploding right yeah. around the time we were working on this. Which is, you know, kind of, you get you got the ability to kind of piggyback on that a little bit, where it was, you know, which is yeah, great. Yeah, it was good and bad timing. Yeah. Bad timing in the sense that when we finally got our toy versions of the product to market, yeah. everyone was already burnt out on Poppets, yeah. and they're like, I don't want to pick up anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think it also validated like, hey, there is a very big market mm-hmm. of interest for this. Yeah. And I think what we did right is rather than just making it a button to pop for fun, yep. we went more of kind of the, the educational route with right. it to say, hey, this will help improve memory. Yep. We built in, you know, letters and numbers and, and games to that that would help promote kind of memory improvement stuff. Which which you don't see as much. Like most of them are just blank yeah, bubbles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're just, just colors and exactly. you know, shapes and whatnot. So I think we're going to... We're going to find, like, that's still very much alive in my mind. It's, it's yeah. still going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Easy to use products is from 2006 with from Kevin, right? So Yeah, and, Kevin and, and really Michael. even longer than that because yeah. Kevin has always been sort of an inventor yeah. and tinkerer. And so he uh-huh. made some products that were really around 30 years ago. Wow. And then it was in 2006 that he partnered with his son, Mike. Okay. Um, and said, hey, let's do some other stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then I joined the scene in 2018, so uh-huh. almost five years ago. And that's where they really want to commit more to their product development mm-hmm. and um in sales yeah in sales you're and really good at that's what my yeah. background is yeah yeah is in sales <laughs> you move the product <laughs> that's that's the hope that's uh-huh. the goal absolutely that's yeah. I, that's one thing i always recommend to like the inventor type you know where they have the mindset of creating and they want to be in their garage creating or whatever is find a salesman that you like that to work with that can move it for you. Yes. And or be a salesman uh, as the right. inventor. Like you yeah, got to sell it. Yeah, grab the people out of the aisle at the trade show. Yeah. Say, come look at this. Yep. You know, versus the inventor would just kind of sit there. And, and wait for people to know? come talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. It's the different types of personalities that you get in business, right? You kind of need yeah. a little bit of both. You need that inventor mindset and then you need the, the reach out and grab sales mindset at the same time. Yeah. So that's great. Well, and one thing we did that I think really helped shape the product too is we were doing trade shows at the time mm-hmm. while we were developing it mm-hmm. and Klugonix was helping us make prototypes. Mm-hmm. We were taking that two shows. I was selling like a product that wasn't even working yet. Yeah. We are like, this is awesome. Uh-huh. But the buttons don't pop. So you don't right. have a product yet. It's like, yeah. we're going to figure that out. Yeah. But then we got more and more feedback from pharmacists like, hey, yeah. you only have one dose a day. You really need to have the ability to track more than that. And yeah. so we went back to the drawing board, added yeah. the extra dose buttons on there, you know, reshaped everything. Yeah, which, the, it, you know, is smart. And I remember when we were working through that and adding that, it was kind of neat because you were, I remember we'd make a prototype and you'd come back with very valid feedback and it was easy for us to then go, okay, yeah, we can do that. We can tweak that. Yeah. And there's simple tweaks to add, you know? So, and I know that was one of the questions that, you know, I was kind of prepped with is what would my advice be to entrepreneurs? And it would Mm -hmm. be prototype, and share as much as you can and yeah. get feedback. I know sometimes people get afraid of like sharing their idea. Oh, people want to sh- steal my idea. Yeah. It's like to execute on an idea is really difficult. Right. And it's very unlikely that someone's just going to steal your idea when you're sharing yeah. it with them. I mean, people, ideas normally get stolen when, you, when you've when you already sold 
tens of thousands of them. Yes. You know what I mean? When, <laughs> so make sure you, you protected yourself that. with patents yeah. or trademarks or whatever you can. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be stolen by mm-hmm. when people see it's been successful. Yeah. They want to come in and kind of steal some of that market share from you. It's they not going to be when you're just in the ideation phase. They don't want to take the risk. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> pay for the tooling, pay right. for the development, pay for the IP, all that type of stuff. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I agree with that. And and when I meet founders that are like, well, can't talk about this. Don't, don't, <laughs> I don't want anybody to know about this. And then no one knows about it until they launch. And then they find out there's five things wrong with it that could have been that easily they have changed. They tweaked. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So going back to Kevin, you know, with his brother, Michael, the, the product. Son I, Michael. Or son Michael. Yep. Yeah, no worries. So they had at that show, they had the pen clip. And a few other products. What were some of those products that they had selling when I met you guys at SEMA before this product? So we did have a few automotive items, which is why we were at SEMA. It ended up not being a good show for us. But the pen grip was one of those items that Mm -hmm. Kevin made almost 30 years ago. Yeah. And the story there is he's an artist. Mm -hmm. He actually started it as a product that would hold his paintbrushes on his easel when he was painting. Mm -hmm. And then as they were selling that as a brush grip, is what they call it in the mm-hmm. art space. Um, they tried to branch it off into other areas. They made these visor clips for it. Yeah. So you could like clip it to your visor in a truck. Mm-hmm. And they actually found that that was a bigger and more successful space for the product Makes in sense. like truck stops and things like yeah. that. And so we had that. They added another one later. They called the Dormit, um, which was kind of a, it had magnets in it and it's a handle that like goes over your door handle in the winter. So you're not getting it iced over or snowed oh. over. So you can like, <laughs> Yeah. Unlock the car a little easier. Yeah. Um, okay. I remember that. Yeah. So we had that item. And then I think we had a couple new ones that they had just made right before I started the company mm-hmm. called a console pocket and a console hammock. Okay. I remember um, that. Yeah. And we got advice from someone that was kind of consulting with us saying, Hey, I think if you make these products, I could get them into like Costco and some of these other places. And, and that didn't happen. Um, you know, I, I didn't really think we should have made the products. Mm -hmm. And so when I came in, it's like, we had a couple of medical products, we had an art product, we Mm -hmm. had a few automotive items. Mm -hmm. And I was really trying to figure out like, who are we going to be as a company? Like we're getting pretty random Mm -hmm. and we're small. You can't jump into all these industries and going to SEMA and and not doing well from that Mm -hmm. show made me realize we've got to really focus in an area. And that's where we kind of pivoted more to the medical because that's Mm -hmm. where we're having most of the success. So a lot of our product development that we've done has been more in the medical space mm-hmm. since that time. So then, and then that's where Pill Popper came in. So how did, how, where did the idea from the Pill Popper come in then? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked because yeah. it's a really funny story. Uh-huh. Um, so Mike, who's the son of Kevin and they're yeah. both co-owners in the business. This was several years ago, probably six, seven, eight years ago, his mm-hmm. wife was pregnant and she was taking some prenatal vitamins mm-hmm. and on the prenatal vitamin bottle was this tag it was um you can like peel it off stick it to a sample Mm -hmm. so there would be like let's say the prenatal company wanted to sample something else they had or Mm -hmm. you'd see it a lot with like shampoo and they want to sample a new conditioner they have and it's just a little sample pouch Mm -hmm. they would stick that to this throw the tag around the the top of the bottle Mm. and then it would be on there at retail. So she had this tag on there of some sample thing. And Mm. so he's looking at it. Mike's looking at this tag like, man, I wonder what we could do with this. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had the idea. He went to his dad. He said, you know, I would love to track, like put some of these on, like make this, 
kind of tag and put it on my hangers in my closet so I could track like how many times I've worn a shirt. You don't want to wear a shirt once and then throw it in the wash, especially right. if you wear like an undergarment. And so uh-huh. uh, his dad was like, that's a dumb idea. You just pick up the shirt and sniff it. Like, <laughs> if it fair. smells good, wear it. If it <laughs> yeah. doesn't, you know, throw it in the wash. And uh-huh. so, but he's like, maybe there's something else we could track. And then yeah. they said, well, what about like medications? Yep. You know, put this tag on something. So that's really where the idea started. Mm-hmm. There were, they were actually going to use these tags from this other company. Mm-hmm. And like I said, use kind of the, the plastic yeah, the sandwich end. between some postcard type paper and, and yeah. then put the tag on there. Mm-hmm. And then when we went to Klugonics and you mentioned, hey, let's look at silicone, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it became apparent that we could just build the whole thing, like the, the elastic and yeah. the buttons, all of it could just be one piece. And that was yeah. really game changing for us. Yeah, and I remember we were when we were exploring it. the The challenges that we had to work through was the size, <laughs> right? Yes, so because a pill bottle is only so big, mm-hmm. and your tag can't be too bigger tall. than that. And well, and then you have the the bigger bottles, so the the elasticity of this, we had to make sure one fits on the standard pill bottle, but also yep. could go around the bigger ones or a exactly. vitamin bottle. Exactly. Um, Speaking of that, we've actually mm-hmm. stretched it over a peanut butter jar. Yeah, I, I mean, mean the, the silicone's, silicone's incredible. Silicone's a great material. I mean, it has a breaking point at some mm-hmm. point, but it does um, a good job. It's, yeah, really does an incredible and job. I wouldn't be surprised if those tags that you had the 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 ones with the stickies on it, it are made out of a silicone. Yeah, you know, I agree. so and yeah. compression molded, but also working through the development of this, the things that we work through, which is like the dosages and the user experience of it, which yeah. I thought was like, you know, I, I felt like we did a lot of good. We had, I remember having a lot of good conversations about that, like figuring out, well, how should the buttons lay out? Should they go, you know, one, two, three, four? Should they go in a circle like this? And that's where we ended up, right? Where it yeah. goes Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday. And then also working in the dosages and making sure we had enough space for the dosages or like the dose buttons. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember being like a very thoughtful process. Yeah, and it's hard because sometimes you get people that are seeing the product for the first time and like, mm-hmm. oh, this is dumb how you laid mm-hmm. this out. And they don't see the hours and hours and hours of time that went into like why we made a deliberate it. decision. Mm-hmm. And and part of that circle pattern came from we reconfigured the buttons to realize we could nest them in better by mm-hmm. staggering them yep. rather than just like making it more linear. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think at the end of the day, it's... Uh, an incredible product. It was like every time we solved a problem, a new one came up. Hey, we finally got the buttons working, but now uh, if you press the pill popper against the back of the pill bottle, um, it might oh, pop yeah. the buttons out. Mm-hmm. So we had to make the back thicker, but then it made it harder to pop the buttons. So we had to kind of flip it around and and indent it down on the back side. Like mm-hmm. all these things we did, it was every time we solved one thing, it's like now we got to solve this new thing that came up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the but I think we ultimately ended up with an incredible product. Mm-hmm. Um, we still sell tons of them, and, mm-hmm. and I think we're really at the beginning stages of it. Mm-hmm. Um, people will continue to take medications, and and some people may use pill boxes. That's their preference. Mm-hmm. But I say, what about all these medications that you can't put in a pill box? Right. Whether it's an inhaler, a liquid form medication, yeah. some kind of cream. There's definitely things out there mm-hmm. that you can't put into a pill box, and and our product solves for that. Mm-hmm. And I've even seen some interesting use cases 
cases where parents gave this to their teenage kid and said, hey, every time you put deodorant on, you get a pop button. Yeah. Like they literally put it on a stick yeah. of deodorant. And it's for some people, the reward of doing the behavior they're supposed to do and getting to pop the button, mm-hmm. you know, it drives more of like, hey, I'll, okay, I'll remember to put my deodorant on every day. It helps build the routine. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like I, and it, that, that little... Um, subtle tweak of adding the the numbers in the back one through nine is kind of like a bridge of how you can use this for more than just you know, taking medication. That's exactly what happened because you told us, hey, if it's silicone, you can actually mold on both sides. Yeah. So I was like, well, why waste the backside? We put the numbers one through nine because there's nine buttons. It's like, Mm -hmm. hey, if somebody has a medication, they need to take up to eight in a day, like an ibuprofen, right? You shouldn't take more than eight in a day. If you Mm want to track that, Mm -hmm. you can flip it over to the backside and track that. But the bigger thing that came out of that, like you said, is it got me thinking, wow, what could we do with these buttons? People Mm -hmm. keep telling me, I would give them the pill popper to get feedback. Hey, Mm -hmm. take this home, put it on your medication, tell me. I'd follow up a week later. I'm like, so how'd it go? They're like, honestly, I just played with it. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> like fidget- I love popping the buttons. Yeah, I, I fidget I, with it all the time. I use it as a fidgeter all the time. Yes, it's, because it's it not is very loud. Satisfying, it's not like annoying either. So that's nice. Yep. So yep. you don't like a pen clicking. You don't annoy everybody that's right. around you. Right. Um, and so we took that. We And that's mm-hmm. one of the things I'd mentioned for other entrepreneurs is like mm-hmm. take feedback from people. Yeah. Run with it. You mm-hmm. know, pivot where you can. Mm-hmm. Still stay focused of course but yeah. you know if if there's an overwhelming amount of feedback from people about something there's something there yeah and so that's what we did we went back to Klugonics and said hey we want to like make this into a, a learning toy make the buttons yeah. bigger and we weren't really sure because we hadn't done it yet like we had this button design it was yeah. a certain size and we didn't know if we make this bigger will it respond the same mm-hmm. so we tested it it did yeah. And it was incredible. And that's where you have the... The memory popper. Yeah. So and the memory popper, which you've used a lot, right? Yes. <laughs> For your own own uh, learning pie and stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, this, is the, this is the big one. So you got two so versions of the big one. There's it. the smaller one we did first where we yeah. encased it in plastic, made the buttons a little bigger. And then that went so well. I really want to get the alphabet on some buttons. And we did mm-hmm. the really big one. Um I remember when we were working through this. This one is more similar construction to the original pill popper. Right. Yeah. Where it has the plastic frame. Exactly. But I like how we, we added the little button for spinning. Yep. So I you saw. put it on a solid surface, you can spin it. It's I not exactly sp- the same components of a fidget spinner where you can well, just, hold it in your hand and spin it, but it's. Yeah. Exactly. And then. The, so the the use case of this, what are the different ways you've used this? Yeah, because we put the numbers on there, you could play a variety of math games, mm-hmm. uh, guessing games. You know, one of the, the most simple games with it is you think about when kids play guess a number one through ten. Uh-huh. You know, if they're like, I'm thinking of a number, yeah. what's to say they didn't change it? Yeah. Or they're holding it behind their back, who's to say they didn't yeah. change the number behind their back? But you pop a button, you can't. You know, it just holds someone a little more accountable. So that's on the simple end, but you can do math games. We have mm-hmm. some other ones that I've developed called um, Digit Pop and Math Pop, Dot Pop. And so they're like pattern type games uh, where people race and compete. And it was a lot of fun for me. I was testing that with a bunch of high school kids and just seeing the the level of competition that got added into it. It would kind of be like if you went to a Rubik's mm-hmm. Cube competition where people are racing to like solve yeah. it. It was that similar feeling. 
And you used this to memorize how many digits of pi again? <laughs> was it this one you sort used? Sort of, yeah. Well, so that the story there is, as I was getting into this space and thinking about what is the pill popper? Like, it's yeah. not, I mean, it's in the medical space, but it's not a dressing aid. It's not a mobility aid. We were kind of doing some of those things. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's a memory aid. It helps yeah. people remember if they took their medication. And so let's go down this path of memory. And, and we were developing, you know, these other items. I want to make sure they reinforced memory. I had taken a course from a guy. Um, it was a black belt in memory, he called it. And so I, I learned all these different techniques mm-hmm. of how to memorize, like, the presidents of the United States. You would, you'd visualize certain things walking through your house. And, I, and it worked. I did it. I was like, this is incredible. What else could I do with this? So initially, I set out. I said, I want to do 10,000 digits of pi. 10,000? 10, 10,000 is what I started at. And wow. as I started doing that, I was like, wow, that's a lot. How about I just start with 1,000, which was still a lot. <laughs> still a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I used this technique. It's called a memory palace. Yeah. And I built, you know, basically, it was almost like watching a movie in my head. Uh-huh. And as I saw these images, I was just converting those images back into numbers. That's the short of it. Wow. And so I did this whole process. But using something like the memory popper was helpful for me in just reinforcing the technique I was using, just getting really familiar with numbers. Uh-huh. Um so I didn't exactly use the memory popper to memorize Pi, but yeah. the memory popper has games that will allow people to exercise their brain and yeah. and really kind of become better at um, not just numbers, but just remembering names of people yeah. um, because the brain is very similar to a muscle. It's mm-hmm. not a muscle, but uh, it's like a muscle in the sense that the more you exercise it, the better it gets. You're going to re- have a better chance of remembering it if you write it down. Right. Yeah, writing like, it down is a technique. So it's like if you put in the numbers, or it's just like a physical entry where you, it's more likely to remember versus you just saying it in your brain. Yeah. So you know? the more things you can do, like having the tactile with what you're doing in your brain. Right. Yeah. Then we've got this big version, which has the full alphabet on it. Yeah. And this which is what you I can use for names. Because I, I, yeah, you could do names. One of my favorite games with it is called Scramble Pop. Mm-hmm. And so basically what you do is you pop up or down the letters of a word that you want to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you hand it to somebody and they're trying to unscramble it. You know, so if I were oh, to do yeah, the word, it's cool. you know, for little kids, my son's six, mm-hmm. I might do the word like cat or dog or... Maybe yeah. go a little bigger and do a zebra or something like that. Yeah. But for advanced people, you know, I was playing this with my sister. She gave me a word that took me a whole day to solve. It was metaphysical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the unique thing about our buttons that these other poppets that are on the market don't do is because of the design we created, you can actually pop a button halfway. Yeah. It was kind of this accidental thing we discovered uh, mm-hmm. through the journey. And I, I think that's a really key thing for entrepreneurs to know is you're going to discover things with your product and your company that mm-hmm. just sort of accidentally happen. Be open to that. Especially as users, you have thousands of users giving that feedback. Give you and, that feedback. Things that yeah. you couldn't have really known on your own. Like, oh, wow, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, yeah. And then you explore that further. So it became a very intentional thing for us because it allows you to actually use letters more than once. You intentionally pop it halfway a certain direction and it indicates it's being used more than once. And yeah. so the, the latest version actually. Oh, yeah. Yep. So then we took kind of everything we were learning. We said having the buttons encased in the plastic shell just gives a little better popping experience. Mm-hmm. Um, having the letters on there and not just the numbers is a really great experience. Yep. And so we, we made this new version that we're going to call the memory pal that mm-hmm. has even more buttons. Cause who doesn't want more buttons, mm-hmm. but it has the alphabet on one side 
including some extra characters on the backside. Not only does it have numbers, but we put some mathematical symbols on there. Which I thought was great for, you know, It just created that many more games, yeah, Yeah. that we could do. And it was funny because you talked about Astro. We went to that toy show. Mm -hmm. And on the flight home, the guy who did the show with me, I was showing him this game that you could do with the numbers and the equations on the back. He's like, that's not that that great. He's like, that's not that cool. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, let me just give you one so you, you like basically you you pop some numbers and and an equation but it's scrambled yeah and i'm telling you, you just gotta unscramble you just gotta solve it and mm-hmm. so 30 minutes later he's he's very stubborn he didn't want any hints yeah. 30 minutes later he still hadn't solved it and he's like he was like okay i get it now like this is really cool yeah because he's engaging his brain you know he's really yeah. trying to figure this puzzle out more and or less trying all different you know approaches and yeah thinking exactly. through math and you end up running a bunch of different little mini calculations yeah, to exactly. figure it out. and so yeah. this one item here i mean you could have hours and hours of of fun with somebody without a digital experience right people i think yeah. are getting burnout of mm-hmm. do we need another app on a phone you know mm-hmm. playing on my phone like people get enough screen time as it is mm-hmm. we're really trying to create something that gets them off that mm-hmm. um again as i did a lot of the memory research um experts out there talk about what's called digital dementia mm-hmm. it's actually really bad for our brains to yeah. spend as much time as we do in front of screens and on phones totally. because we outsource our brain power to the phone mm-hmm. it's like if people took the time to just try and work through math problems versus mm-hmm. pulling out the calculator on their phone, oh, yeah. it'd be so beneficial to them. Yeah, or looking online, a, you know, a, a, I'm sure there's plenty of apps and stuff that I didn't have in college that helps you solve differential equations and stuff, right? Sure, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah. it's really good for your brain. And not to say we shouldn't use those resources. I think it's just finding a balance and saying, yeah, you gotta, you gotta hey, take it, it offline mainly. every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, use your brain to just remember people that you might have met, what mm-hmm. their name was. I see this as being something you keep next to your, when you're, you know, in, in the library doing math homework, you'd keep something like this next to you. And sure. work through problems with, for example, um, you know, it's where you you're just kind of popping buttons and and physically entering the 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 numbers and helping you just think through the the equation. Right, just so. to kind of break it up for your mind and and look at it maybe from a different mm-hmm. angle. Um, and and my ultimate vision for it, what I'd love to do with these products, and I think it's just going to take time to build to that, mm-hmm. is very similar to what you see with these um, Rubik's Cube competitions mm-hmm. or, or anything else, right? Is I, I want, it's going to be called Popper Games. Mm-hmm. I want to put together essentially, because um, we have all these games, I want to I build like kind of competitions where mm-hmm. people can get really good at this. You know, people pop yeah. really fast, they're racing, mm-hmm. they're, they're efficient, and, mm-hmm. and you ultimately crown a champion, give them a prize, so and the, let something build from there. So that basically they enter the answer and then hand it in kind of thing is that like how well, yeah and actually i feel like if you if you if you're putting in a number you can plug in the specific number and hand it and it's like that's your your submission yeah, card but it goes even bigger and beyond that there's mm-hmm. there's imagine maybe like 20 questions you're answering and yeah. so you're not just guessing because well the first one might be uh the number one but the next one might be three and then another one might be 11 and so you're popping one again yeah and so your your ultimate answer is a combination of all these things yeah and um, and so the, with the spinner on the bottom, if some people were racing, to show that they're done, 
They drop it, they spin it. Nobody else can see their answer because it's spinning, but they yeah. show, you know, I'm done. If you see like uh, cup stacking oh, yeah. and they have to like be done and slap they the slap pet. Their yeah. Hands. So yeah. You're, you're putting it down, you're spinning it, you're showing, I'm done. People can't see their answer, but yeah. they've indicated they're done. And when it's all said and done, mm -hmm. speed is a tiebreaker, but accuracy always wins. Oh, yeah. So if somebody is just like guessing and like, oh, I'm the fastest, uh -huh. well, if you're wrong, even by one, yeah. the person who's 100% right is going to beat you yeah so it's it's more than just speed it's the yeah but you can't go too slow because if somebody's really good and they're 100 right and the fastest that's mm -hmm. who's going to win yeah so that's kind of the concept behind it it's been like i said super fun for me to to watch mm -hmm. because i like even at astra yeah the the day before everyone was walking the floor at the show we mm -hmm. got invited to this event where a lot of these companies that or a lot of these store owners of game stores yeah. came in and they were trying different products at tables. They'd uh -huh. come over to our table and, and their initial thought was, oh, this is just like poppets. Yeah. Like that's what people see. Oh, sure. like poppets. Yeah. And then we show them the games. We play popper mm -hmm. games. We're like, this is not like poppets. This mm -hmm. is very different. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just being able to find like, how do we market that in a way that people can see, oh, this isn't just another poppet. There's something mm -hmm. more to this. And like I said, it will take some time to put that together as we're, right now still very focused on our medical product growth. Yeah, let's, start, let's um, but, talk about the medical side. Yeah, then, the, I love these items. I, I like I think the they're game awesome. because I'm big in the toy space, you know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, me too, you know, obviously. which it's because it's like no one's pissed off to sell toys or in a grumpy mood. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. everybody enjoys, you know, being a kid again, you know, so that's exactly. always like a fun and desirable industry, but the medical industry, the difference, I mean, it's not that, you know, it's very different. It's, yeah. but it like, obviously there's money in it and stuff like that. Doesn't matter what age you are, there's a need for medical stuff. But so, right. yeah, let, what talk about the medical side? Like, where's that at? You know, it's, I mean, most of our target market there is the senior space. Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of the items uh, are assisting people with, you know, getting their socks on, mm -hmm. you know. And I haven't seen these. Do you have them on you? I don't have them no. here. Yeah. yeah. These weren't things that uh, we necessarily had worked with Klugonics yeah, on yeah. the design and development on. These are, these on, are like but, Kevin's probably having yeah, his brain yeah. for 30 years type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I came in and worked with Kevin on something. And because he's a machinist and uh, he's just got a lot of background in, mm -hmm. in kind of mold making as yep. well. And yep. we have a machinist that would help us make the mold when we were mm -hmm. ready mm -hmm. um so we had a kind of a process in place for that so i've seen the hammocks you know do those do you sell those on like amazon and stuff still kind of on pause for us because they were slow moving and mm -hmm. so until we really figure out that space like i said we've pivoted to focusing more on the medical and so some of those items um are just kind of on pause on your website are they in alphabetical order here yeah which i, I tried to work change I'm, it can you change it i could with a little bit of a workaround if you go to like the second page you can see because the doormat being the d item let's see if you go down a little more i put winter doormat just uh, to get it pushed to the very end well is this shopify uh it's woocommerce actually oh. So yeah. the the way Gotta the guy built the our site, yeah. <laughs> so they, I mean, we don't do a lot right now currently through our site. Okay. So things are just sort of up there. Yeah, mostly um, I'd say Amazon. our biggest, yeah, is mostly Amazon cool. and then some distributors in the medical space. So, yeah. so um, I've seen. Um, well, obviously, there's the the pill popper and stuff like that. But let's let's see the sock thing though. I've even seen like this on like TikTok. Yeah. 
Do you, is that your yours the one that I see Ours on TikTok? Isn't the one on TikTok, but I've seen it where they they hold your socks so you just push your foot into it. Yep. And it makes it easy. You don't have to bend over and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, the nice thing about especially these new ones that we did called the Reach Right. This is a, a new item that we just launched. Uh-huh. It'll also help people put on compression socks. Oh that, um, yeah. Which I'm wearing right now. I used this product this morning and put it on. They're not if you've ever tried to put a compression I sock have, on, they're yeah. not very easy. Especially when I fly and they're hard to, like you're yep. in a tiny little plane seat and you have to squeeze them on. So yeah. <laughs> not that I'm gonna bring that thing with no, me. No, no, not that you but, do that, you know. but uh, you'd put them on before you go on a flight, probably. Right. Yeah. Um, but we we've made the product so that it's it's not just about senior people being able to use it, but it could be even younger people like oh, post knee yeah. surgery, mm-hmm. post back surgery, you yeah. know, hip surgery, or any of those things, or even pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. You look at third term, oh, yeah. um, a lot of pregnancies, it, they just get to a point where it's like very difficult to reach down mm-hmm. to the toes and get dressed. Yeah. And so we're, we're trying to address those problems for people. But I would say if, if I had to tell you who is the main persona within our target market for these items it is a senior probably 60 to 65 years old and so it's you know it's not as exciting sometimes to me as the the Mm -hmm. toy side of things which is where i would love to Mm -hmm. be focusing on but it's also our bread and butter to our company right now so they move they do they move and i think as an entrepreneur you always have to look at where am i gaining the most success and, and build on that. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you could say, hey, what are some new things I can explore? But you, you have to give yourself a foundation. Right. You can't just keep chasing different things and, and not having, or, I mean, you've got to eat, right? Yeah. And so uh, making sure that you find that success and then build on the success. Mm-hmm. So you have the, the sock horse, the sock otter, the reach right compression sock tool. What's the story behind the names and the differences between them? Yeah. So it originally started with uh, the sock horse was one of the products that Kevin made. One of the first products he made um, for the company. And this was over 10 years ago. He he had a back fusion himself and uh, needed to figure out how he could get his socks on. Yeah. And we've actually just recently upgraded this product. I, oh. I took it down last night, the old images. Looking at reviews on Amazon of what people were saying, we solved that with the newer version. People would say, oh, it's too big or it's too small. So we built in the ability for people to pick the size that works for them. So you get three um, sizes so you have the adjustable there. wings. Yeah, you can, with the grooves that are on there, you just slide the wing into the slot that you want. Very cool. On the old model, it was a, it was a fixed size. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, it was either too small or too big for some people. So we, mm-hmm. Um, and then other people said, ah, it's not a long enough handle. And so if you actually go back, there's a product down at the bottom left um, called the Sock Ox. And we solved for that. <laughs> we made, you know, yeah. going back to your other question about the names, it's like, well, yeah. he already picked Sock Horse. And so it's like, well, you know, Sock Ox, Ox rhymes with socks. You know, you have this animal <laughs> thing going. Right. So that's, yeah, yeah. we sort of just went with that, that's right? Fair. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I look at it like, if you're a farmer, you've got either a horse or an ox that's going to help you plow your fit. Like they're going to do work for you, right? That's what yeah. these products do. They're going to yeah. go to work for you, help yeah. you get dressed. So that's sort of the naming convention there. And then on the reach rights, we wanted to pick a name that sort of indicated what it's helping people do. Like don't break your back trying to get down to your toes. Like reach right, mm-hmm. reach in a better 
yeah. way. So and that's so what these products for do. Putting pants on and everything. Oh yeah, picking clothes up, picking clothes up off the floor. Yeah. It's got the shoehorn. It helps remove socks. So it's a four-in-one yeah. dressing tool. Um, it's very fun for me to demo as I go to trade shows. <laughs> taking your socks off. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I sitting there putting socks yeah. on, taking them off, and um, yeah. showing people that. You know, and what I'll do is I'll even put a big knee brace on my knee mm -hmm. and say, look, standing up, not bending my knee or my hip, I'll mm -hmm. get my socks on, I'll get dressed, I'll do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty, pretty impressive demo for people. We actually did this last October at a medical show and, and they're like a fortune five company. One of the biggest companies in the U.S., mm -hmm. a big distributor for medical products was like, we love it. Yeah. And so now we're in contact, uh, contract negotiation with them to distribute yeah. the product. So, so you, and so what percentage of this is retail versus Amazon right now? I would say we're still maybe 70, 80% Amazon. Okay. Um, yeah. and then, but we are, we're trying to shift. I, I don't want to be so heavy in just Amazon yeah. because it's better to diverse, diversify. Yeah. And so we are, we're actually in talks with Walgreens, CVS, Walmart, cool. yeah. some really big players. And it, those things just take time. They take, take time. They yeah. take time. You have to be patient with it. But they can play it. big for you. Like yeah. they'll pay off big if, if yeah. you just stick with it. And the good thing is you don't have to rely on those deals to keep momentum with Amazon and online sales, which right. is great. Yeah. So. And it helps diversify some of the sales. So yeah. what helped though is showing the demand, mm -hmm. like being able to go to these retailers and say, look, here's how many units I've right. sold on Amazon. Mm -hmm. There is demand for this product mm -hmm. and it's less risky for them. Yeah. And so I think Versus being as an entrepreneur, you have to figure out how to show proven sales. Mm -hmm. and we were talking about Shark Tank earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Every shark's going to ask, what are your sales? Right. We want to like, your idea could be great. But yeah. show me ask the same thing. <laughs> they do. They <laughs> so, want to know that what you've made is going to sell. Yeah. The, so the cup holder, that was something he had for a bit, right? That was something he had. No, actually, early, that's an that... item that we developed since I've been at the company. Really? One of the one of the first ones. But um, maybe, had, maybe. Well, I do remember it early on. There's another it was one prototypes. called a Walker Coaster. That was one of the first uh, products they made. Okay. It's kind of a an alternative to tennis ball. Uh huh. So on the bottom. Yeah, it was oh. back. Yeah, right there. So mobility Walker coasters, and they're a bright yellow. We actually call it tennis ball yellow. Yeah. Uh, and it's still one of our number one selling items. So this is really the product that started the company in 2006 when Mike and Kevin came together. Oh, they, that's um, funny that, that I like that, that you chose that color or they chose that. It was intentional because yeah. <laughs> one of the reasons why people put a tennis ball in their walker okay. is for the visibility of it. This oh. bright color, you know, if people have poor visibility, they want to see, you know, where they're stepping in that. It, it's almost oh, like guideposts yeah. for them, right? Of like, they could see these yeah. bright yellow Or make sure they're stepping between the, the yeah, two. Exactly. Oh, I never thought about and that. So That's interesting. We later came out with, a. it's not on our website, um, but we tested it on Amazon just based on feedback again. Like, read reviews. That's what I would tell people. Yeah. Read reviews from people because they'll tell you so much. People are like, I love the product. I don't love the bright color. Mm -hmm. So we tested a gray version and we actually now on Amazon, at least sell more gray than yellow. Hmm. People just want a little more of discreet look. Sure. It, not like shouting at 
them say, oh, look, I have this mm. bright tennis ball looking thing on my walker. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that was really good for us was because all it was was a color change. Yeah. Didn't have to change the product at all. It was literally just injecting mm-hmm. a gray instead of a yellow yep. for that cone. And so th- most of these products are made, aren't, aren't they made up in Logan, right? Uh, in Ogden. In so Ogden? we're up in Ogden, yep. yeah. And one of the companies we use that does a lot of our stuff makes uh, a lot of parts for Lifetime products yeah. and all okay. that. And so Yeah, good it's injection been really, molding. And yeah, you know, like find good partners to work with. Mm-hmm. So um, then, and then critical to your business. Where are you getting the the like the aluminum tubes and stuff like that, or on the other ones? Well, or we don't make the plastic? walkers. Everything, most oh. everything we make is actually out of plastic. Okay, and yep. then so on that page with the the pill kit on the other page. Yeah, that's a new item for us. Was, yeah, that looks new. Top so, right, oh, that's, pill topper go. So, so I gotta got get memories. you one of these. This would be really good for when you travel because I know you travel. Yeah. So I, you know, I try and make products that um, solve a real need, not only for people in general, but like problems for myself even because when I travel, I was literally taking medication that I had and putting it in a Ziploc bag. Yep. As I ask more people, yeah, I'm like I, realizing, yeah. hey, a lot of people do this. They mm-hmm. just throw it in a Ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. And then you have the problem of like you're mixing all your meds. You mm-hmm. still don't know if you took one or not. Mm-hmm. They kind of get messy in a Ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. And so we took this idea with the pill popper of being able to track your medication and, and said, what if we didn't just make a pill box, but a pill box with a tracking component? And that's mm-hmm. really kind of the uniqueness of our product is there's tons of pill boxes out there. But very few of them, at least that I've seen, have this tracking component built into it. So yeah, that was where we innovated is we put basically the pill popper where you could track days and doses and put it in this kind of tracking plate in the lid. Um, and so that's a product I use myself every time I travel now. Uh, and we've just launched it. It's, you know, and it's kind of going slow. But I think, like you said, with the skateboarding analogy is if you really believe in your product and you're willing to push through the failures and learn, mm-hmm. um, you're just going to keep going down the path and, and break through that. Yeah. And we've seen that with a lot of our products. They, they kind of start slow and you believe in them, you keep pushing. And, mm-hmm. and after so many months or years or however long it takes for a variety of them, you push through and, and then they just keep selling. They get to a point where right. it's like self-sustained. And you also just don't know, and you know, until you have the right types of conversations, either, right? Yeah. Like, have you done a trade show with this one yet, or? Yeah. So we've gotten interest at medical shows with it. We yeah. also tested a promotional show last year uh-huh. uh, because we can custom print on the outer lid, mm-hmm. and we did have some interest from some of these companies that work with hospitals, which we knew kind of going into it that that's the space we were trying to target, and so those are all areas that we're excited to explore with this. We did. It was really cool. We did a couple of international shows. We mm. went to Germany and did mm. a show called Medica, and then we did one in Dubai called Arab Health. How, how was that? Really amazing experiences. Long flight. Very long flights, but we were able to stamp um, a design on the the lids of the cities that we were in and give them out at the show, and and people loved it. You know, because obviously people there at the show had traveled to get there. There are mm-hmm. people who travel. And again, talking to them, a lot of them were doing the whole throw it in a Ziploc bag. Yeah, that's great. So then what's next? Like you have stuff coming up outside of this or continuing to invent? I'm sure Kevin still has tons of ideas. Always. Yeah, yeah always. And sometimes the challenge is trying to know before you get too far into a project, is this one we should invent? Right. right? And I think that's where prototyping is so important mm-hmm. to say, hey, can we make a prototype? 
mm-hmm. that works at least it. enough and validate it with enough people before we just like go make something and then hope that we can sell it. Totally. So sometimes I have to be the one to kind of say, Hey, I know you want to invent something, but I'm going to have to sell it. Mm-hmm. So before we get too far into mm-hmm. this, let me go start kind yeah. of putting it out there with people and seeing, is this mm-hmm. something we can do? We are developing a few more things kind of in this medical space. Um, and then, like I said, with the memory line of items, we have the products, but it's a matter of like mm. figuring out the marketing piece behind it now mm-hmm. to, to show how ours is unique from the poppets that are out there on the market. Mm-hmm. Really, it's we've done so for the size of company we are, mm-hmm. we have created a lot of products in yeah. the last four years. Yeah. And now it's like, all right, let's Let's just pause on some of that and really go out and sell what we've got. Yeah. So I think we're shifting at least right now mm-hmm. to more of a focus on sales and marketing mm-hmm. and not as heavy on the product development like we've done the last mm-hmm. three or four years. You that's, know. that's a common cycle though too. I've seen where you know, we'll have clients that are in, they make a few things and then they kind of pause in the development, but they're they're out generating Selling sales and revenue yeah. with those existing items as they're moving and grooving on the sales side of things and they're getting ideas and those ideas cut stack up from various conversations and they come back and it's time to add another one. So it's exactly. like, hey, yeah. yeah, until you have massive budgets and stuff like that where you can be consistently pop, pumping stuff out, it's, you know, it's the smart way to go. It, no, it really yeah. is. And, and we had to do it because when I came in, in the medical space, we had two products. Mm-hmm. And a lot of companies like, hey, I love your product, but we don't. You just don't have enough of an offering for me to want to pick you up. Yeah, and you hear this a lot. Um, they'll call you a single SKU company, or a, yeah. you know, just don't have enough SKUs. And so, yeah. we now in the medical space alone have more than ten, which mm-hmm. you know, over a broad category. Yeah, like the mobility, the dressing, the, mm-hmm. the pill popper stuff. And so, it made us a lot more legitimate with these bigger companies mm-hmm. that we're now knocking on the door with. So talk to me about some of these, uh, the the field notes we call them. What are some leave behind notes you'd you'd tell other entrepreneurs and, you know? Yeah, I, I was giving that a lot of thought. And I would say it fits very well with your skateboarding analogy mm-hmm. of obviously, you know, if you're skateboarding and you're risking potentially breaking bone, like you're doing it because you love it. Mm-hmm. That's what got you into skateboarding, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And I would say for people, there's a lot of ways to make money. If you're just like in it to make money, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's enough always to like pull you through yeah. as an entrepreneur with yeah. some of the failures you're going to see. Right? right. And and that passion doesn't have to be in the product. It could be in, in a variety of things, but like you got to mm-hmm. love what you mm-hmm. do because that's going to pull you through some of those days where you just don't want to show up and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some things don't hit right away. You have to, yeah, but there's going to be a lot they, of failure. They could all of a sudden hit and it, it might take a grind till you find it the yeah. right, right channel for it to hit in. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I, I think, people look at failure maybe in a a negative way. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to fail, but I think if you can be okay with failure, if you can almost in a way embrace it and just Mm -hmm. say, what can I learn from this failure to help me pivot and do better the Mm -hmm. next time you just keep iterating, keep putting out in front of people, what you've got, you'll get there. I Mm -hmm. really believe that. And Mm -hmm. so those would be some of my field notes is, have some passion and energy in what you're doing to kind of get you through because you'll face failure and rejection Mm -hmm. um, and then just stick with it and say, all right, it hurts. Mm -hmm. This has been hard, but 
I, I think sometimes people are a lot closer to breaking through than they realize. You know, it's yeah. that meme, if you've seen it, where the guy's digging, he's got his pickaxe, and he's just right. like one strike away from cracking the diamond. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's true. Just, yeah, you got to keep digging, got to stick with it. But also knowing when to st- stop is important too, you know, resource yes. wise. Like on some items, it's like, it's always hard. And, you know, like I did it with my dish rack at Dry, where it's like, okay, we need to stop this item and and then you know rework it with all the stuff we've learned from this item Mm -hmm. and it was like a hard decision to go okay let's let's you know we're gonna stop selling this for now wow and but do you still make one just revise from what it was we're reworking a whole new one so we've taken everything we learned from the first one that made that first one hard yep and the issues we learned from it basically ground up redeveloped it Yep. you know, with all of that information and then we'll relaunch it in the future. But, you know, that's like, if we didn't do that, then we would be like, it would just keep be harder and harder to keep running that skew successfully. You know what right. I mean? Right. Um, versus, well, what if we put that same effort into making something that's better where we've learned all of this input and make these tweaks and these pivots. Let's invest in that right now for that skew and just remove that skew, you yeah. know, for now. Uh, for and that's something I was version. telling our owners about, Doe Ryan, and I don't have a ton of knowledge about the ins and outs, but just as an outsider looking in, mm-hmm. you started with this material and you mm-hmm. said we could do this as like a, a floor mat in a bathroom. Mm-hmm. But then as that was successful, you said, what else could we do with it? And mm-hmm. that's what we did with our buttons. It's yeah. like, we started with this button that worked for tracking medication, mm-hmm. But then you ask the question, what else can we do with this? We have something unique here. And mm-hmm. I think that's another field note I'd say for entrepreneurs is if you can kind of identify what your secret sauce is, mm-hmm. and it's not always a product. Sometimes yeah. it's a process that you yeah. have internally. Or a button. How do you repeat it? <laughs> yeah, or a button. Yeah. Exactly. And and so pivoting, you know, we've said that word so many times in this episode is mm-hmm. I think being able to know how to pivot, take information Mm. go in the right direction. And that's what we did when, you know, you mentioned we met at SEMA. It's like, when you know that something's not working, you got to just kind of cut that tie and say, automotive is not where we're going to focus. We're going to pivot back and and double down on on our medical stuff for Mm -hmm. now. So that was big for us, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, it's fine to explore things as a company, but you got to tell yourself at some point, like, we just don't have the bandwidth and the resource to, to do all these different things we could potentially do. Yep. So that's great. Well, very fun. I'm yeah, glad we did coming. this. Thanks for having me over. All right. There it is. Jerem Watts, creative and high energy and very friendly salesperson that I would buy anything from. It was neat to hear about things that I didn't know were true about his record size bubbles and the ability to learn a thousand numbers in Pi using his memory, his memory button product that he's made is pretty impressive. So I like that he literally leans into what he's created and selling and is such a believer that he uses it for his own purpose. And I think that is a huge thing, you know, for anybody selling a product is to really become passionate about it and lean into it and uses it, use it on a daily basis. So you can really, you know, speak to the customer and understand what they need because you've used it in so many different ways. You understand it at the level that they might understand it or need it. I 
I really like this point and absolutely agree with because I've seen this in the past with other businesses. If you're a salesperson, partner with an inventor. If you're an inventor, partner with a salesperson. If you if you could do both, amazing. But not everybody can do both. So I think the time that Kevin found Jerem and partnered up with him was probably a pivotal part of their business. And if you know, it could go vice versa. If you're great at sales, but you don't have a product to sell and you find an inventor that has a great idea and a product, you know, that's probably perfect relationship for you to sync up and become co-founders and figure out, you know, how to build that business together. So great point and absolutely agree with it. And I've seen past inventors that don't have the sales resource and it's much harder for them to get their business up and running. And a lot of times I've seen those businesses either struggle to get off the ground and not get off the ground at all. So if you are an inventor out there and you have a great idea, maybe that's what you should be looking for in a partner or someone to collaborate with, someone that can move that product for you. So something I also agree with, prototyping and testing a product is crucial. But you know, like Jerem, I like to share it with as many people as I can and get feedback as much as you can. It's really hard to steal someone's idea. It's just as hard to start a fresh business. You know, So it's not likely that someone's going to steal your idea unless you're going and pitching some big corporation that has the resources to like go and just make it happen. But that's not as common as you might think. But if you're pitching friends and family and coworkers and stuff on an idea and you're showing them a prototype, the amount that you learn from, you know, putting that in their hands and letting them use that and then accepting and welcoming that feedback is just massive. You'll learn a lot of things about that idea that you can solve up front versus finding out later after tens of thousands of units is sold, what you could have done differently to make it even better. Better to do that up front uh, with a prototype than it is later with the production version of the product. I also like this positive uh, way of looking at things is allowing those happy accidents. You never know what you're going to get out of it. I'm not even going to tell it, but Eric Anders Langs, he'll say it much better than I have. I'm sure if you Google it, it's about an old farmer. I think it was a Chinese farmer that like lost his horses or something and it disappeared. And, you know, he wasn't that upset about it when everybody asked like, oh no, you lost your horse. And he's like, yeah, maybe. And the next day the horse came back and it brought another horse back with him. Google that. I'm not going to say it as well as he does, but it's, it's a good point. It's like happy accidents. Like maybe it's not the end of the world if something bad happens or an accident happens and figure out how to make the best out of it. So um, I appreciate that mindset and it definitely can help keep you motivated and staying looking forward and finding the best in things. Another great point, which I also agree, if you're in it for just making the money, the hard parts of growing a business, they're going to be much harder to get through. You have to enjoy what you're doing at the same time. I mean, this is true too. Like if I was in it just for the money, I mean, the first six years of my business from 2014 to 2020 even, I mean... If I didn't love creating product with people, I would have, it would have been really hard to keep going through that. So I 100% agree with that. You do have to enjoy what you're doing. The money is a byproduct of it. And I feel like if you love it more, the more opportunity you have to generate more wealth with it. So yeah, if you're doing it just for the money, 
find other ways to motivate yourself through it then is is my, most likely going to be very difficult when things get tough because things do get tough. All right. We hope you found these field notes helpful and useful in your building of your business, being a founder. Once again, I really enjoyed speaking with Jeremy, such a positive, kind person. And, you know, we need more Jerems in the world. You know, I feel like it would make it such a better place. So I appreciate him coming on. Also, you know, if you're working on a project and you're making something, a consumer product, reach out to us. We'd love to help you build it. We can help you design, engineer it, uh, prototype it, manufacture it, and help you manage all that stuff throughout the way so you could focus on the other sides of the business, like the marketing and the selling. We'll help you build it in the back end and set you up for a long-term success. So thanks again for listening. Check out all of our social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and our website, cluegonics.com. See you next week.